Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have Teresa Bahari with us, and we are so happy to have you here on the podcast. Tell us Thank how you're doing you. in 2022 so far. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I was sure after the first time I'd be banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I'm such a drama queen. That's why I love writing these really dramatic romances. Um, I'm, uh, 20, I'm good, and 2022 has been much better than 2021. That's for sure. Last year, the this time uh, we'd sort of lost my husband's mom and it is actually a really rough year so 2022 has been much better so far and I'm excited well I'm hoping that you know things don't escalate in the world so we can continue to have a really nice um, time yeah I mean I think considering we're in a pandemic and there's a lingering sort of war and anyway the you know, there's a lot happening yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Last time we chatted with you, I feel like we were really in the thick of COVID times. How yeah. does life, how does it feel for you now over in South Africa? I think it feels like we can breathe a bit. Um, I'm very cautious still. We, we all, are, I think, um, having, we, we lost my husband's mom to COVID. So it was, it's, I think, much more personal for us. It's very, it's been a very real um, a thing that we've been through and so we have a lot more compassion I think for people who are suffering through it Uh, we've seen so much devastation in terms of job loss and uh, just personal tragedies and you know what it's done to people's families and so I have a lot of compassion for that and I think we with the vaccine we've had a lot more hope um, come in because now it's not necessarily a death sentence Uh, so we're very hopeful that uh, more people will take it because we haven't had um, a really gentle um, uptake like a good uptake uh, of the vaccine unfortunately uh, but we're hoping that more people will will realize how beneficial it is to society uh, and just in terms of families really grateful to be able to have something that offers us some kind of protection uh, you know especially with two young babies who unfortunately can't get their protection yet we're still very cautious but it's better it's much better than I think um during the thick of things where things were really, really, des- I think really scary and really desperate. People, we were yeah. so desperate yeah. to just, you know, get the vaccine and, and hopefully just have some semblance of normality again. And I think we have a little bit of that, which has been really lovely. Especially now that my sons are walking and, you know, wanting to be entertained so often. So yeah. <laughs> uh, being oh, yeah. able to leave the house without worrying too much um, has been a real uh, blessing. I have to say, like, <laughs> it was the sweetest thing, but I had to, I laughed at the same time. Like, you put on Twitter, you're like, we cut my son's hair for the first time, and I'm devastated. I, uh, I <laughs> was like, that's like a universal feeling. I, I'm so glad to hear that. I was, I watched it. So we went, and, and my, my husband sat with a one baby, and I had my other baby in my arms. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have twin boys. So uh, I sat with one in my arms and watched the other one's hair get cut, and I was just watching the hair fall into the floor. And I was like, what? What is this? No. Um, I think that's really the moment they go from being babies to toddlers to so you, you yeah. now you actually have to start doing these things for them. Uh, and I, I was I was legitimately sad for like two days. I was just like looking at it. I'm like, I don't recognize you. Who are you? I know. I know. 
like I said, it's dramatic. <laughs> it's like I said, it's universal. <laughs> my my oldest son, his first haircut, I was like, I can't even go. Like I don't oh. want to be. I don't want to see and it. And seeing them, and they're so unbothered by it. They just like, yeah, it's <laughs> done. Like yeah. you are and now there's not. It's like they really. Yeah. I mean, it just and it makes show. them look so much older, right? You're like, oh it my does. gosh, you're yes. not a baby anymore. Yeah. And then you start seeing the practical sort of uh, advantage of of it like your we can actually bathe them and not take a zillion years for the air to dry you know yeah. it's just small things like that when we tie their hats on their their hair doesn't get stuck so you know you start to see mm-hmm. oh maybe there are benefits of this yeah this thing that hurt me so <laughs> Well, congratulations on your 16th Harlequin romance release, which for listeners, let's just put this into some context. We were talking before we hit record with Therese. Your first book published in 2017. Mm -hmm. This is just your Harlequin romances. We're not, we haven't even talked about Karina. 16th since 2017. So Mm -hmm. Finding Forever on Their Island Paradise, which admittedly is bittersweet for us as fans of yours, because this is also your final Harlequin romance. Share with our listeners what the book is about so it's um it's a forced proximity kind of working together kind of enemies to lovers romance uh, about uh, Morgan and Elliot and Morgan is called to Penguin Island uh, by her grandmother where her grandmother lives to help uh, with her wedding because there is a big bad developer who is Elliot um, who is threatening the venue of the wedding and so Morgan kind of swoops in ready to help um, and ends up uh, coming up with this plan to allow the estate with a where the wedding is taking place to thrive, which is what works for Elliot as well. And indirectly, uh, they end up rejuvenating the economy of the island as well. So it's a very layered thing, you know, a very big thing that they're able to do, save this whole island. Um, Because of course, why not? And uh, so, and Elliot's very happy with this because he is doing this as a favor to a family, to his family who is not very close to. So he gets to get this thing done done very quickly and if it's successful it'll uh, help him with his family dynamics as well so it's two people who then fall in love and of course and it's this really lovely summer romance you get a lot of those scenes that you expect from an island romance you know hot sticky uh swoony scenes um with really lovely settings I hope (laughs) and just fun and emotional and I think you'll get if you've read my books you'll get what you've um what do you what do you hope to get uh in this book as well yeah you don't skimp on the emotional (laughs) no that's way possible (laughs) I don't think anyone could ever say that that's something that um they're missing from my books I think you'll always find really deep emotional threads or and conflicts and um, I I I really love being able to write real people with real emotions and, you know, uh, be able to explore all the different nuances of life experiences. It's been such a gift to be able to write, uh, to write this because I think that's what Harlequin Romance does as well. It really leans into the, to the emotions of falling in love and that really uns- that uncertainty and also those highs and lows of in that initial tumble. And I think you'll get that year with, with this book. Yeah, before before Aaron 
ask the next one I have to ask because you mentioned um, Elliot and his family. And that is something that I love in your books is you really go there with the familial stuff. Can you talk about like why that's important for you to explore and like add into your books? Because I love it every time. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you don't like you obviously with it being a romance and we have page count and stuff like you can't add too much mm -hmm. of the family character. Like we don't see them per se too much on the page, but the internal stuff with them definitely lingers in the background. And like, especially like with Elliot in his case, and even with Morgan, you know that their family stuff is really important in weighing it, like weighing on them. So how are you writing? How do you capture that family drama and give us just enough, but also still focus on the romance. Like, why is it important for you to write? So I think it's very realistic because I think we are all affected by our families, you know, in good ways and in bad ways. And I think with a, a shorter book, you kind of can't explore the threads as well as you maybe would like to, because ideally, in you know, in this book, uh, we get to see Elliot with his brother, which is a relationship that has been affected a lot by their parents and the, the way the par- their parents chose to parent them differently and we unfortunately don't get to see how Elliot interacts with his parents but we get to see how he interacts with his brother and you kind of have to prioritize which relationships are going to further the character development the most in order to get your character at the end to a believable spot where they can actually go on to have a healthy relationship I want my characters to be able to have healthy happy relationships and so that means growth that means dealing with issues and, and actually facing you know what what's keeping them from I think progressing emotionally I think a lot of that happens when you meet someone that you are in falling in love with because you kind of have to face what are the things that are affecting your behavior or what's holding you back and a lot of that is from your family I don't know is that is that something you guys you you both agree with or not oh yeah yeah. I love hearing you say that because it's something obviously we read all the time in romance right but like you've never actually heard I've never actually heard someone articulate like this is why we put that in there but it makes all of the romances that I really love you see the characters have to work through their family drama because that's usually what it Mm -hmm. is to really lean in and embrace this new blooming relationship and for it to be healthy you had to have worked on this so thank you for saying that on the podcast Oh, you're welcome. No, I I mean, I it's something that I've experienced in my life. It's like you have to deal with what's happening. And so I think it's very, for me, it's very much about making sure that the domains is ideal. And I just want, and I want my, my characters to be happy. And unfortunately, happiness comes after a little bit of unhappiness and pain and hurt where you actually have to deal with the stuff that you're that you've that you're choosing not to deal with because a lot of us do that so yeah absolutely i i am such a softy and a sucker for parents and children facing that that thing that that hard thing that's between them that they they've ignored for so long but when they finally come together and have that difficult conversation and have the healing afterwards it's just oh it 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 breaks me apart but i go back for it every time same same yeah um and i think there's also i mean i've really really complicated relationships and it frustrates me when there's no progression in those relationships i think that's part of maybe not maybe a little bit more of the fantasy side maybe those that little bit more romanticizing those relationships 
of speakers. Mm-hmm. I think we've I've seen a book where you know everybody kind of works out the issues and they move forward. Uh, and I love those, but I also love the ones that are more realistic about you know what that means. It might just mean accepting that the other person isn't going to change or that you have to you have to change or you know I think yeah. that's what's wonderful about romance novels is that you kind of get that entire spectrum um but my favorite is definitely the ones where they both like you know what we were both wrong let's let's work mm-hmm. on this and yes. move forward yeah. uh together to have a better relationship and then you know or what and whatever that means for that particular relationship yeah. All right. So you are an author that we can count on for a unforgettable first chapter. And Morgan and Elliot's romance is no exception to that. So what writer advice would you give to an aspiring author about writing an amazing first chapter? Thank you. I try really hard with my first chapters because I know that's what your reader initially sees. And so that really sets the tone for the whole story. And so because of that, I love getting my characters, my main characters on page together in that first chapter. Uh, I know there are a lot of uh, books that first set the scene or set the plot uh-huh. uh, up in the user's initial chapters. And so you'll see the characters together maybe in chapter two or three uh i don't like doing that uh just because i think it comes from my category background in that you don't have that space to 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 really work on the setting and the plot and so Mm -hmm. my preference tends to be putting them together because that's where you get to see the dynamics between the two characters often my plots are determined by my characters and their relationship to one another so we'll see uh like in this story for example uh morgan and elliot the plot is that they are going to have to work together to to work on the system state and to save this island that dynamic between the two of them where they're coming from two opposing uh viewpoints initially where they're like no 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 Mm -hmm. this is what i want and this is what i want and now they have to work together and that from the beginning sort of tells the reader what they're going to expect from the rest of the book so i love that and i also love that that allows you to see the chemistry between the two characters you get to experience what they are experiencing in that moment because i i write deal point of view so you really get to see what is the initial initial impressions and all of that good stuff in that first chapter which I really hooks me as a reader and so I like to give that to my readers as well and it's okay so there's a such a like a smart first chapter you're just so good at this so (laughs) just hearing you talk about it now I'm like oh my gosh like we get like the goals and motivation of the goal motivation and conflict I feel like in the first chapter like I think it's it's from Morgan when she sees Elliot it the company's able and son and she mm-hmm. says something like he must not be the and son yeah. of the able and son so you already right there you're like okay he must be like the kid like the, not the favorite kid exactly. you know like that was what going with and then with her it's obviously like her grandmother really wants to have a wedding and so you get so much information not you're but you're so caught up in like the fun feistiness mm-hmm. of it that it's like afterwards you're like she it's really sneaky. gave me a lot in the first <laughs> chapter <laughs> it's sneaky I mean I think it's really something that I've um I, I know I, I I do it purposefully you know because you try and make sure that you're not getting 
too much uh, backstory in it. So, you know, that with the Abel and Son, for me, it was about making sure that you understood that there's a family dynamic when it comes to Elliot, uh, but not giving you that entire story of how, you know, his brother was mm-hmm. this genius who their parents favored and he was kind of just like, hi, I'm over here too, you know? Yes. So you get to see yeah. that in, in a company's name. Um, so it's very intentional from my part uh, to, to, to hope to do that. You know, I, I'm not saying that, that stories who don't have the characters on the first page uh, don't achieve it. I think you get a lot better world building and uh, a lot more, a, a greater sense of place and setting and plot with those stories, which is something I can say is not necessarily my strength because I want to get my characters on page uh, as soon as possible. So uh, I think, you know, that that's just the type of story I like to write. And I just, I love seeing them together. And also it makes it fun for me to write because then I get to know what is their dynamic. Are they having fun with one another? Do they like one another? Do they not like one another? Is it is it going to be a tension that's carried throughout the book? What's going to happen? I, I love it. So please tell us about some of the real life South African settings that inspired the backdrop for Morgan and Elliot's romance. Because you put in the Dear Reader that <laughs> okay. Penguin Island is based off some real places. Uh, it is. So um, I think the main the main place uh, is Boulders is a place called Boulders Beach, which I think I also said in the Dear Reader, which is the only place in the world you'll be able to see the African penguin. Um, and penguins have a really special place in my heart because they made for life. And um, on my first, oh, some a nice little anecdote about my my, my and my husband's relationship. Uh, for our first Valentine's Day together, he actually adopted two of those penguins at the penguin sanctuary on Boulders Beach. Uh-oh. And so there are two little penguins mated for life out living their lives there um, in the (laughs) sanctuary that are technically ours and also have our names. That is so So, sweet. um, That was a really special place and I thought it would be really special for for my book because I I kind of knew that this was going to be my last book. I didn't really sort of know going into it but as I was writing I realized okay this might actually be the last story I tell and I wanted it to be to mean something so even the setting you know I'm so honored to be able to write about South Africa and to put it in books because I, I, I don't think we get to see a lot of it, especially in romance novels these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, these days, uh, ever, really. You know, we haven't really seen a setting. I think we're getting to see more African settings now in romances, which I love. But for me, it was really a way of honoring the country I love so much. So we have Boulder's Beach. We have um, uh, a, a, the greenery that we see in, uh, in uh, Finding Forever is based on sort of several places along the... Uh, garden route we call it the garden route in South Africa so we get to see this re- these really beautiful forests with um, waterfalls and uh, beautiful hiking trails and also we have beautiful beaches in South Africa especially in Cape Town where I live so uh, it's really just a whole bunch of the most beautiful places I could think of put into one fictional island and served to my beautiful readers. <laughs> I know. Yes. I mean, mentally, you will be in South Africa reading this book. I hope so. <laughs> Everybody really should my be. Intention. I want yeah. to take you all, especially since we can't really travel. Still, we're not able to travel as yeah. freely. I want you to experience it uh, because I think it's, our, our country is really 
offers so much when you get here. Yeah, there's been quite a few Harlequin releases, not specifically in romance, but that have really taken you outside the the typical setting. And, I love you know, it. Uh, Maya Blake's would... latest one is a, is a good example too. Yes. But yeah, it, it's just really it's really a breath of fresh air for someone that's just you know stuck in in North America. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is, and I think we don't get to see it. And and um, I think you know when we think of these places that are that are fortunately being written about now, you know, we don't necessarily an, uh, associate them with the, the really romantic places that we get to see mm-hmm. now, right? So we think about Africa and we don't necessarily think about vineyards and uh, beaches, you, you know? So I love that even in our small way, romances are challenging these perceptions and that we're able to do um, so much. I'm 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 excited because I've I've like I've like I said I've seen this movement and like you said Eden said like we're moving into more uh, uh, diverse settings which I think is just going to make things much better for um, for readers because I did not know I read a romance set in seashells mm-hmm. and I ignorantly thought this was a made up place. But Jade Sola James's newest book is set on seashells. So I Googled it. I was like, is this a real place? It's an app off of the African coast. It's gorgeous. Yes, and it's gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't? And that's exactly the one of the books that I was thinking of. I was also thinking of Hannah Sheikh's um, book that I think is partly set in Nigeria. Uh, So we get to see that. Um, Is that correct? Let me check. I don't want to say. I think it is. I'm fairly confident. Unfortunately, I don't get to read as much as I want to read these days. So, right. okay. Well, we'll we'll put it we'll put it in show notes. Right? We'll put it in show <laughs> yes. notes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we get more of her in romance. Just oh, saying, if anybody's listening. <laughs> and we got. Um, I think we've we've just had a winner of uh, the Love to Die competition in so Smalls and Boone to Love. That's had a a, a book. Um had a winner for let me just say her name is Faye I know that Um, oh I saw her on Twitter okay yeah okay and her book will be out next year so I think uh we are moving towards um some new and exciting places with the romance line and also with um some of the other lines as well I'm really excited to see it all right so you published and they lived happily ever after with Kensington in 20 uh, December 2021 congratulations on the magical release and thank you for writing a paranormal rom-com so what <laughs> inspired you. yeah so what inspired guy and jacob's romance so um so this book is for those of you who don't know it's a, a paranormal rom-com it's about a uh romance author who dreams the books that she writes so she literally gets to love her romance novels in a dream and she um kisses her best friend's brother and suddenly he's appearing in her dreams with her so um it's very you know it's a very I think it's a really fun concept uh, and I came up with it because uh, so Gaia has an anxiety disorder and she she hasn't acknowledged it she kind of just um, is living her life thinking that this is how her brain works which I think happens with a lot of people with mental illnesses and so she is doing this thing and, and escaping into this world um, in her books and uh, that's basically what I do so I share that that um, anxiety disorder with Gaia that's something that I've done 
and I've just wished to um, literally be <laughs> escaped into my books because it's something I, I've done figuratively mm-hmm. my entire life, escaping into romance novels, whether it's writing them or reading them. So this is, it was really just, but hey, what if I could do it literally? And what would that mean? <laughs> and so that kind of evolved from there. Um, but fortunately, I um, have a real life hero in my life. And so I don't have to kiss my best friend's brother to it is like knowing how much of a lover of romance you are like that book just feels like the book Therese Mahari was supposed to write you know it it was it's really a love letter because that's what I've said to a lot of people who've asked who've sort of talked about the book it's a love letter to romance and it's a love letter to I think a lot of what we see in romance the tropes that we see in romance and you know fairy tales and all of uh, the really wild wonderful things that romance has uh, given us I think also you know the the early 2000s maybe late um 1990s as well when the romance novels just ha- casually had paranormal elements in them so you think you'd be writing a contemporary romance you know minding your own business and then boom there's a ghost <laughs> or a haunted house or something and people are just like yeah that's just the haunted house or that's just the ghost that haunts that house ah it's yeah, fine yeah. and then everything moves on and you're like oh no um this is actually not normal <laughs> this is not what we find in normal contemporary romances and that was very prevalent i think in the earlier romance novels of that time um i think of Nora roberts and jude debrow and, and you know those authors who made it uh were very popular then so those books were what I grew up on and I was just really honored to be able to do that and, and you know, have yeah. these opportunities to explore all of these different things that I that I love to write and, and I love to consume. It's I feel like a... we're seeing a lot more of those though. Like the mm. I feel like the paranormal rom rom coms are subtly coming back. Like why do you think that is? Well, I think the rom com in general, you know, that it's really um what people are levitating levitating. Levitating towards. See? And there I mean levitating. <laughs> That is because I was casual paranormal. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, they're gravitating towards I think lighter romances because everybody's looking for escapism. So I think it was kind of natural that we'd see subgenres uh, kind of meld together like that, like the way we do in general. Um, and so I think with the paranormal, it's really fun to write about witches and you know all the zombies and vampires, which was incredibly popular once again in the early two thousands. Uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see a lot more paranormal rom-coms uh, come out because I think rom-com you know I think paranormal in general um, has, has been a lot quieter than usual in the last couple of years yeah. I think if you don't have an established series or you're not writing YA that it's been very quiet uh, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it and I particularly hope that I get to see more of it from authors of color because I mean I think we've seen a lot of paranormal rom-coms come out but then they're not just by authors you know with a great um with with great diversity necessarily i mean i've seen one or two here and there but i'd love to see more i'd love to see, honestly i'd love to see what we see in ya now i'd love to see that in romance yeah. with fantasy and and uh, you know whether it's really digging into the paranormal where we have really great world building or if it's just a light you know a light magical touch i think there's space for a lot of it and i think readers want it we do <laughs> yes <laughs> i <Yeah>. do <laughs> 
So, and they live happily ever after. That's such a different take on paranormal. Like, you know, when I uh, yeah. think paranormal, <laughs> I think, you know, creatures of the night is the it first do. thing that comes to mind. But this one is, is it has such a, I don't want to say lighter touch, but just a more, more just buying into the fantastical of it. And I no, think that's great. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's a lighter touch. I think, you know, I've described it as a contemporary romance with like a sprinkle of magic on it. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's not, I mean, it's technically paranormal, but I think it's more, um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's got a little bit of a lighter touch. It's more uh, just, you know, like I said, it's well, like I said before when I was talking about the earlier books, it's really like those books where it was just a very casual magic. And I think, I think even like uh, shows that we were watching in the 2000s, you know, Charmed and Sabrina the Teenage Wish, and when yeah. I was growing up, Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney, you know, all of these <laughs> things where we'd have full on magical abilities, but set in the contemporary world where, you know, it's just, it's a part of life. Uh, so I, I'm very excited and I hope that it'll i hope it'll continue yeah yes so up next we're getting a ghost in shining armor which i love that (laughs) title so much i cannot wait is there anything you can share about this book yeah so i'm very excited about the book as well because i you know it's a little less light because you know he's a little ghost so it's <laughs> an actual ghost so it's a little bit more I think paranormal in that sense but it's about Levi and Gemma both of whom you'll meet if you've read and they lived happily ever after and Gemma has the ability to see ghosts she's kind of like a ghost consultant or ghost liaison which is totally a term I made up for her, um, where she helps you know people pass ghosts pass on messages to living the living um, and hopefully help they move on with their journey in the universe uh, and so she's very surprised when she discovers that this ghost is appearing to her is actually meant to help her uh, so she's dealing with some emotional upheaval in her life and this ghost is meant to help guide her through it so and she's obviously not very happy about this because who would be and we kind of see this very fun plot happening because uh, things happen which result in the ghost becoming a real human person live person and so they have to fake a relationship to explain his his existence oh my god Aaron, we have to read this I was oh, gonna yeah. say, when I, when, as i'm describing it now it sounds really bonkers and i really love that so it is it's, i think i think out of all my books this is probably the most light-hearted book and and most fun book that you'll probably read from me <laughs> So I'm I'm very excited. I hope people will love it as well. Oh, I'm excited now. Uh, throwing in a, a fake relationship in with a ghost romance. It fake relationship. Talk about conflict. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you'll and and there's another wedding in it, um, which has been which is really fun because we get to see a bit of a bridezilla in in this wedding. And uh, yeah, it was just fun to write. It was the first book I wrote after having my babies, and I think I I, I half wrote it in a days half intentionally oh, so when I oh got back, and I was like I should read this and make sure it's not completely nonsense and it wasn't so I'm excited for everyone to read what came out of my post baby brain <laughs> I like I don't like calling it guilty pleasure but like the thing that I have been addicted to in 2022 is like watching like psychic mediums on tv so I was like oh she's a ghostly liaison yes yes <laughs> No, I love that. And I mean, I I would ideally love to 
continue writing about supernatural things. <laughs> so um, the next book might be a psychic medium, three, and I will dedicate it to you. Thank you. Thank you so oh. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the reasons we love following you online is because you love to share what you love about romance books and what you find in them. So you could share with us what you've been reading lately and what you've been loving about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have... I don't read a lot at this moment in time, but I, I just mm-hmm. finished a couple of months ago, I finished Girl Gone Vital by Alicia Dye, um, which actually, is that the right book? Because I wrote it down. I think it's the same series. That one's like the teal, well, over here, it's like the teal cover, I yeah, believe. Yeah, I'm actually thinking, mm-hmm. I think it's the wrong one that I'm talking about. And I wrote it down because I... I was convinced it was a, that book. No, I'm talking about the other book, the third one in the series. The third one, the yellow, first come the yellow. Yes, the yellow cover. Yes, one first comes like sorry first comes like is really just such a beautifully soft and gentle romance i don't think i've ever read something that has been this that i describe as quiet this was just such a quiet romance it was um about two people really gently coming in love and dealing with their issues learning about one another learning more about themselves and i don't i I didn't ever feel like it was you know that oh my that overwhelming kind of this person has to deal with this and has to go through this in order to do this it was really just two people falling in love and everything that happened seemed so organic and beautiful and soft so i would highly recommend that book and then i i got an early copy of shipwreck by olivia dade oh that book is the third book in her spoiler alert series and so it's about two people who have one night stand before they uh before learning that they are actually working together for the foreseeable future and how does that complicate things so um i love the book i love olivia's writing she's very deliberate and intentional about the representation she puts in the characters she she writes and just her stories are always so beautifully crafted and so i think everyone is going to be very excited about that uh, book when it comes out um and then i think you mentioned um jedisola james's new book the doyle baby he must claim which has the most gorgeous cover that I, it is that sparkling dress on her. I love it. And she's pregnant, which as I think we discussed last time is one of my, um, my love, great trope loves. Um, So we get royalty and we get pregnancy and we get a forced marriage and all of that. I, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of all of these things. Um, I actually think I think I'm going into books that I want to read as well because these books came out this month. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> They're all on my list. Um, and I think you spoke about Maya Blake's new book. Yes. And I think that book, the, the oh, again, what a stunning cover. Oh, I know. Um, it is just, oh, it's gorgeous. I love it. I think, by the way, I think I was talking about that book. Um, oh, no, this one. So this one's set in Ghana. Um, I think <laughs> we get, Hana's uh, uh, book is set in Ethiopia. Not Nigeria. Oh, okay. okay. But I do think there was a book that I just saw that was set in Nigeria. So I think they all, they are all so, I'm so excited about all of these books set in Africa and being able to see all the beautiful, gorgeous settings. Um, I'm really excited about these authors that are writing these books. And I can't wait for everyone to read it. I, I mean, I can't wait for myself to finally find the time to read all of these books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
how did you, I mean, how have you been juggling momming and <sighs> writing? Well, yeah. since this is my last book for Alec and Joe Mans, I think that kind of answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> momming definitely takes a lot of, out does. of you, a and lot of time. Takes, Especially and right now, it takes, yeah, exactly. And it takes preference for me right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm focusing a lot more on doing that. I've taken a step back from a lot of my work. Um, I don't have any contacts pending currently. Um, I'm, I am writing, but at a much slower pace. And so I'm uh, hoping that I'll be able to have um, some books out for you in 2023, but I don't know <laughs> what will happen. So for, so uh, uh, Finding Forever is my last Alec and Romance. And then A Ghost in Shining Armor, which comes out in September, um, is uh, the cup. At the moment, for the moment, the last book I have scheduled coming out. So you know, it's been it's been a real shift in my focus. I've had to kind of have a lot of talks with myself to tell myself that this is not forever and this is not going to be. Um, you know, they're not going to be small forever. And they're not going right. to need me quite this much forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to enjoy my time with them right now because they are so adorable yeah. and learning so much. And so for me, it's it's. It's a, it's not a, a tough trade off, but it, it does take a lot of mental work to be okay with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're not going to be babies forever, and you no, wanna, and you... you know I get to mm-hmm. see them say their f- words for the first time and do things for the first time, and you know those are the things that I'm going to remember because uh, my career is long term. Um, but this kind of thing is only going to happen with them. It's only going to happen now. So I, I that's how I see it. Um, and in the meantime, I'm really hoping that you know we'll we'll continue to see more growth and representation in all the category lines i think we are starting to see that movement i always think they can be mm-hmm. more <laughs> oh, but yeah. i'm really excited about all of these books i mean can you think of you know before maybe a couple of years ago if we'd ever see a book set in ghana or in i'm specifically yeah. talking category right now you know uh, ghana in yeah. south africa in nigeria and ethiopia so i'm i'm very excited about it yeah I mean, that's why when I, when you put that announcement out there, my first thought was, who's going to be writing something, you know, for me in the romance line, know. you know, but I, I am hopeful that we, we get to see more. And like Aaron said, we are seeing a lot more like in presents specifically. Mm-hmm. I want more in romance. Like romance is my line. Mm. <laughs> I need us, so, I need us to have it. I mean, I think with, um, we, I think with Hana and Faye, we'll see more diversity. Um, I don't know. I don't know if what else we'll see. I mean, I don't want to sort of also say that they're going to write those books, you know, because I don't think they should be forced to write anything that they don't feel comfortable writing or yeah. they don't want to share. Um, but, and I know we have... Um, <sighs> I don't know. It's difficult. It's difficult for me as well because I do feel like I was, um, I felt like I'd found a purpose writing books about people who look like me um, in this line. And so it's sad for me to have to step back from it as well. Um, but I do have hope. I, I've seen more diversity in our line and I've, I I can see that there is some commitment to, to doing more. So let's just hope that 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 commitment is actually followed through. Yeah, I think it really stemmed from there's this comfort in knowing, well, Teresa's there. Mm. It may be some months before we get something, but she's going to give us something. She's the Mm. one that's there, you know? So, but knowing that we have other authors on the rise and I have Hannah's book it was gorgeous at mm. last year when she came out with that so I want more from her so give us if anybody from romance is listening 
give yeah. me more of her books, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know her next book is um, Reunion in Istanbul, I believe it's called. Oh, so yeah. we'll, have, yeah. we'll have that as well. And she has a very gorgeous man on that cover. I think we've seen in Desire as well, a big shift to more inclusive yeah. titles. Um, so I don't know. I have hopes for my lion romance is very close to my heart. And I think that um, we are, I'm excited about what, uh, what the opportunities. And I hope that those opportunity, the, I hope authors are given more of those opportunities, particularly in Harlequin romance. Mm-hmm. So take us back to 2017 when your first book, The Tycoon's Reluctant Cinderella released. What did the world of romance publishing look like when you were entering it? What we were talking about now, you know, was very relevant because when I was starting, I was so afraid of um, writing about books. I, I was afraid to write books set in South Africa. I was afraid to write books about people that looked like me because I wasn't seeing a lot of that. Um, I was, you know, really worried about whether or not it would affect my chances of getting published. So... I don't feel that way. I don't think I would have felt that way now because I've seen so many uh, books uh, with people who look like me in them. I'm specifically speaking about category romance right now. There are a lot more. Just a fact I think there's been in the last five years, there's definitely been a movement uh, to to have more inclusive titles. I'm hoping that that continues. Uh, I think we have a lot more work to do, you know, because I I don't want someone like you to feel that if you're losing an author of color, in a particular line like who's gonna write for me I want my I want readers to feel like there'll always be someone who's going to be writing work that represents what they're going through how they look you know where they live um, I'm hopeful for for that for us to move to that um, so I think we're definitely seeing that movement uh, towards it I'm uh, I think when I was starting out there was also you know the rom-com thing wasn't really a thing you know it was it was I think it was a thing but maybe more when they were calling it chiclet um, yeah. and it was uh-huh. Uh, also it was you know the illustrated covers was very much isolated to the UK and to the chiclet um, genre or subgenre in the UK you know so I, I think a lot of things have changed uh, I really do I think in the last five years I think the biggest thing that's changed is just seeing more books that offer a wide range of representation I'm so excited about the special edition books that are now including you know more queer characters and hopefully we get to see more disabled characters and you know all of these mm-hmm. all of these experiences that a lot of people have not been able to relate to because it's just simply not been there for them um we're moving towards that and so i'm i I mean, I don't know if this, I've been talking a lot about it and I, I don't know if this is going to sound arrogant in any way, but I'm very grateful to be able to have been part of what I hope is something that's going to be a long, a long-term movement. Yeah. I don't think that's arrogant at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it sounds, I mean, like, I feel like it's weird, but I know that, it, you know, it was, there wasn't in the Harlequin Romance line before I came in, there wasn't much diversity. I know there were, there are authors um, that precede me, um, who were writing about diverse experiences, but, you know, it just wasn't as much as what hopefully we'll see now. So I'm very grateful to have been part of that. And I hope that it'll continue. Yeah. I know. I think you're just getting me on the like on my like really mopey side on of the oh this is my last book and <laughs> all of the like sad things that I'm feeling is like oh I hope there'll be more. <laughs> well, it's like it you know it is to 
to us as readers, you are a big freaking deal, you know? <laughs> Thank you. I have, I mean, I, I'd have to do some digging, but I, you know, I was like, your book is like 4,810 or something in the romance <laughs> line, you know, and the, it goes back, romance goes back to 1949. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron and I were chatting yesterday, like it's, Presents didn't start till 73. Mm. Romance is older than like the line that people the think of. Line. It was the yes. original line. And obviously it's changed and evolved over time, but the Olicon Romance line has been there since the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, I, that's why I say I can't, I'm not saying that, you know, I was the first. I definitely wasn't. I know for a fact that I wasn't. But I, I do feel like in what the lines changed into and what it's going into, we're getting to see a lot more um, experiences. And I love that because I think it's important. I think we all need to see ourselves represented. And I hope that we'll see what we're seeing in special edition and in presents and in desire in all lines, not only romance. I think the medical line and, you know, intrigue and yeah. all of the um, lines could, you know, just, I think it's just, it'll make make so many more readers feel seen and included and that's always what I've wanted to do with my book is to make people like me feel seen and included so if a reader was brand new to your bibliography um, and asked for one book that you believe is a good starting point which title would you recommend to them so I first asked them which tropes they like because I've kind of done you know a lot of them yeah. and I think I can do it based on that but I would start with falling for his convenient queen which is my fifth book because I really think I hit my stride there it was around that time where I started writing really intentionally and being like you know what what do I want people to get from my book and what messages am I you know giving my readers with everything that I am writing because I wasn't really thinking about that initially initially I just wanted to be published and so I was writing you know whatever I, I thought I needed to write in order to get published um and that journey over that first year because it was really it was like a year where I was like I saw my because my first cover has two white models on it and I I was not part of the cover process for that book so I didn't get to sort of say have any input with it but when I saw it I was emotional because it was my first book and I was just so grateful and I was so you know I was like wow this is and so it was such a big moment for me to be like this is my first book I'm so excited but Mm-hmm. I knew that in that experience was also, but this doesn't feel right. There's some, this doesn't feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so my second book has a character of color on. And ever since then, I've, I've written very explicitly um, characters of color. And so that's what I mean when, I'm, when I say I'm more in, I was more intentional. I started making really intentional choices about what I want my readers to get out of my book. Um, what did I want to write? Uh, what would make me proud as an author and as a reader uh, to see? And so um, I did that. And with Falling for His Convenient Queen, I it was my... My second royalty book it was a duet it was the second of a duet and it was royalty which I adore writing and you know African royalty which is very you know special to me and getting to see this really gorgeous cover of a woman with an afro on her on her on you know a cover of a romance novel um a category romance novel which was at that time in stores year so I got to see the really gorgeous wedding dress cover that I dreamed of and uh it's just also so really just fun, wonderful, amazing book. Well, in my well, opinion. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I him there and then kind of ask the other questions and be like, okay, so what tips do you like? What tone do you like? I have more serious and then I have less serious. They're all serious, but more or less is kind of the spectrum. Well, you yeah, can well, do like whatever trope. So I, I love that. <laughs> That's your thing. Like, well, what trope are you into? Mm. I do, but I, I I used to think that way. I was like, what what tope haven't I done? Let's see. Let's kind of work with that. And I think with my previous book, Awakened by the CEO's Kiss, when I did Amnesia, as I was like, okay. Oh, that was I intense. Think I've <laughs> I think I've done it all. <laughs> yeah, that one was intense because he did not. Oh, it was so good. Listeners, you have to read the book. I don't want to spoil it, but he was like, I don't Wait a minute. why she doesn't remember us. <laughs> right? <laughs> we were a thing. How does she not remember? It was so good. Well, this has been such an honor. We love talking with you. And we just hope you enjoy this time with your babies. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me back and for giving me the space to speak about these books. I'm very passionate about Kathy Kennedy romances and about Harlequin and about, you know, diversity. And um, I don't always feel comfortable speaking about it and so to be able to have a space where I can is not something I take for granted and I want to thank you for allowing us to have that space I I think I I said it the first time I was on you know to have a podcast that actually celebrates us instead of judge us um, which is something we tend to experience has been I think really special to me personally and so I want to say thank you and um, thank you for dealing with how much more emotional I thought I did not think this was going to be (laughs) I did not think I would be saying the things that I was going to that I've said and or thinking the things that I'm thinking right now but um I think this is such a a lovely way of ending off this 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 journey I think of mine for now this part of the journey yeah exactly this part of the journey well we definitely freaked out when you said yes We were like, she said yes, you know, we just, you're a big deal to us. So thank you. Thank and you for all of that. And you are a big deal to me. Thank you. I will never mm-hmm. forget how supportive you've been um, and how much, yeah, I mean, just how, how much you've all boosted me and made me feel um, like this is maybe, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So thank you. Well, tell everyone where they can follow you online because you have a wonderful blog and you are like a must follow on Twitter. <laughs> so tell well, us yeah, all the so places. I, I, I had a blog. I think I stopped. I can't remember when I stopped, but I used to post weekly and it was all about category romances. All those posts are still up. So if you are an aspiring category romance author or you just love category romances and are looking to sort of look at, learn more about the more technical side of writing them, you can go to my blog at draysbihari.com. And then also you can find me on all the platforms, really. I think Twitter, like Bree said, is probably the best place to find me because I'm most active there. Uh, but I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, on Instagram, you will occasionally see the back of my children's heads. So <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's very cute heads. Um, so yeah, come follow me and say hi. And um, this is definitely not the end of my writing journey. And it is possibly just a break from my category romance journey. So thank you, Bree. Well, thank you, Erin. Yes. Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We will have all the places, all the links to where you can keep up with the wonderful Therese Bahari, as well as where you can get the books. Go read the books. When is A Ghost in Shining Armor coming out? I saw October, Mm -hmm. but I also saw September. It's the official date is the 27th of September. Okay. 
Perfect. Well, okay. we will have links to that as well, guys. Yes. And Go this book, Finding Fable on the Island Paradise, is out. It's currently out already in the UK and will be out everywhere on the 29th of March. So it might be out by the time this gets up um, and it will be available for you all. And it is, I think, a, a really lovely way to do end my Harlequin Romance journey for now. Yes. Get on the Harlequin website, guys. I already have my copy. It, it's already available there. And it's so pretty. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. So- it is one of the prettiest covers that I have definitely (laughs) well thank you for listening guys we will chat with you in our next episode have a lovely day bye